Welcome to the Brentwood Academy podcast. This week we launched the first of a four event series titled the BA Family Update. Join us for this episode as we hear from Brentwood Academy Headmaster Kurt Masters and Dean of Community Engagement and Admissions Jason Matthews, along with Christian Life Director Freddie Scott. Together they share details from the state of the school. Glad to be back live and in person. I went with four other members of the team to Houston for a couple days for a gathering of a group that's called CESA for short, the Council for Educational Standards and Accountability. And it's a group of schools that joined together 12, well, the beginning was about 14 years ago, concern about Christian schools struggling for academic credibility, uh, partly because Academics weren't as strong as they should be across the Christian school continuum in the eyes of the colleges and universities. And there was just a concern. How do we, uh, in the sense of iron sharpening iron, how do we help each other get better? And so after some discussion for a couple of years at various conferences, 12 schools got together to start this organization. Brentwood Academy was one of those. Uh, In some ways, I think that Involvement in that organization may be one of the more significant things Brentwood Academy does outside its own walls uh, because that organization has grown now to have 50 member schools, 29 aspiring schools, and the membership, membership in the council, not the association, but the council, is focused on meeting standards, standards that we set that are aspirational and that stretch all of us. And so it's been a really healthy time. We gather together not just heads of schools, but administrators. And in that context, we had about 500 people from those schools and other schools that were working toward meeting the standards. And it was a great gathering. Uh, We lived to tell the story in spite of the fact that uh, four of my colleagues had their backpacks stolen out of the back of their car while they were enjoying lunch. So, uh, (laughs) my good friend Price Carney often asked me, well, Is learning going on? (laughs) So I don't know what they're learning, but we're learning something uh, in both contexts. Let me open in prayer and ask God's blessing on our time here as I think about sharing what's going on in the mission and ministry of BA. Heavenly Father, we just bow before you grateful to be able to come boldly before you uh, through, through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the love you have for us and the way that that's expressed in your provision for us for eternal life, first of all, but for life and breath and for the opportunity to be in a community, to share in the raising of not just young people to old, but in the raising of eternal souls. And so I pray you'll bless our time here as I share some of the things that are going on. And then as Jason and Freddie share, I just ask that what we do and say will be pleasing to you and then together that we'll continue to focus on you and to be able to hear your voice and then to equip young men and women to serve you. Thank you for this day, and again, bless our time here in Jesus' name, amen. The title, State of the School, uh, you know, may be a bit ambitious to accomplish that in the few minutes we have here today, but I want to highlight a, a couple of things that we talk about at the board level and at the staff level, things that we see as indicators about how the school's going. But I also said that we'd be talking about the survey. We've got four of these sorts of gatherings scheduled, uh, among others, and Uh, In that process, we want to touch on various aspects of the school and invite comments. So it's not 
just a, a series of comments from me or my team, but I want to be uh, ready for you to ask questions and just invite you to engage with us and continue to help us. Some of you have heard the joke, I've told it at a few admission days, about the singer that was singing with a group of uh, older folks at a nursing home, and I think it was Andy Williams, a true story, and he went uh, to the group and said, do you know who I am? Just thinking it'd be nice they could tell their family that Andy Williams sang for us today. And the little lady looked up at him and said, no, but if you ask at the front desk, they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for us, you know, in some ways, the survey, you are the front desk, <laughs> and we want to know how we're doing, we ask you. And so I'll touch on that as well. But in the course of this state of the school idea, we touch on the big picture. What is the school aiming for? What we're about? Of course, you all know the mission statement. Brentwood Academy is a co-ed, independent college preparatory school dedicated to nurturing and challenging each whole person, body, mind, and spirit, to the glory of God. And our aspiration and our commitment is that that happens not just in discrete particles, but throughout the fabric of a child's experience here and throughout the fabric of your experience here. And so for us as employees, we see that mission statement as applying to us as well, that we're being nurtured and challenged, that we're continuing to focus on doing what we do to the glory of God. In a big picture sense, Enrollment's a piece of this. We're grateful the enrollment's very strong. There are practical details that we pay attention to, how many schools uh, are contributing to our family. Some of you have heard the statistics. We had 190 new students and 83 different schools contributed to our school this year. That's pretty profound. It's especially profound when you think about the culture of a school. How do you develop a sense of what we are and who we are, how we do things here. What's the way Brentwood Academy does? What's our way? And so that takes some effort. I heard years ago, Coach Flat and Bill Brown would interview families. Well, he'd, they'd bring them to school and they'd do a slideshow. And Carlton's expression about that was, what we want to do, why don't you come to campus and we'll see if you're about what we're about. Don't have the accent quite right, but you know, are you about what we're about? And and uh, trying to define what we're about is really important. And we see that playing out in the context of the classrooms and, and the various other things that we're doing. So enrollment's been strong, great influx of people, and that's been a huge blessing. And then, of course, the process of how we help kids understand, not just in the sense of who we are, but also who God is and how God sees them and their opportunity to respond to the claims God has in their lives. So that's occupied a good bit of our time. We've had a bunch of new faculty joining us as well. Every year, faculty leave. Last year, we had a, a bumper crop of retirements and great people leaving. And in each case, you think, what are we gonna do without that person? And in every case, God's brought us amazing faculty that have joined us. And so, in the fine arts, in the academic leadership arena, in the student support arena, in the behind the scenes, computer tech side, just, we've had an amazing group. If you think about praying for something for the school, one important thing to pray for is who will God bring to the school next year for faculty and staff? We're already beginning to recruit faculty for the coming year and thinking about positions uh, that are going to be joining us here. So enrollment, faculty enrollment and recruitment, those are important things. Uh, delivering the mission with clarity and consistency, a big part of this is communication, internal communication with our faculty and staff, but also 
how we communicate out to the potential future community and of course to you as well. Our communication staff and our development staff are critical elements of that and we've had some phenomenal additions on that front as well. So from a standpoint of the school and the things that have gone on that have been encouraging, there's just a, a host of ver uh, various additions to the school that we're grateful for. This spring, we sent out a survey, and we've done that periodically in the past, but not consistently year after year. We survey the seniors as they go, and we've done that for a number of years. We get information back, and I'm going to touch on a few of those points, and then I'm going to ask Freddie and Jason to talk a little further about that from the standpoint of community engagement. But we had 43% of the parent community respond. So if you responded, thank you. If not, we'll ask you again. And so, uh, and if you want to add your opinions that you didn't get a chance to tell us, feel free to do that. We invite it. Uh, just as a, as a practical visual, uh, Holly went through, Holly Grenvix, our communication director, went through the survey and put tabs on all sorts of pages here. Exhibit one, this is the survey with all the tabs here. But I just, in terms of the survey, one of the things I want you to know is we read every word. I read every word. I've read it, I think, six times through every single comment, every single person's opinions and input that help us get better. And we're looking for ways to do that. We're not perfect. We're aiming for something important. And continuing to work at hitting that target is something we need help with. And so we appreciate the input you've given and the things that have given us opportunity to respond to that. I'll touch on a couple of things that, that we saw as highlights there or things that really stood out to us. But one of them was the response. We'd love to get that response rate up. So this spring when we send out the survey, if you'll encourage your friends, respond. Give us the benefit of your feedback and input. And that'll be helpful. 43%, so not a bad response rate, but it would be great to have 80% response rate or better. And so we're looking for that. One of the things we see in the survey world is a net promoter score. And it's a really simple concept. You take a scale of 0 to 10, uh, and you respond. Are you, in, you know, what do you think about the school? Would you uh, suggest the school to a friend? Or uh, are you satisfied with the performance? Various ways of asking the question. But a net promoter score is found by taking uh, all the scores 6 and below and subtracting the number of those from the 9s and 10s. And then you get a net promoter score. Seven and eight don't count. <laughs> just, just thought I'd share that little bit of information. <laughs> that's why if you give us an eight, you know, that's why the, the uh, tire store and so on says, give us a five if you're happy with your performance. <laughs> because that middle score, it doesn't count against you or for you. And so a score of 40 or better is good. We're 40.3 or something like that, uh, which is good, but not amazing or exceptional. One of the things that correlates to that score, the net promoter score, is in fact in, in schools something like uh, 63,000 different surveys or people surveyed. Uh, for the best schools, the schools that had the highest net promoter scores, uh, the, the high score on intent to return until graduation was 87% or something like that. We had 90.7% say, planning to be here until I finish. That's amazing. And so I appreciate, uh, you know, in spite of all of the things that we heard about things we could do better, people intend to stay. And that shows up in our attrition or retention rate. We've had a really strong retention, thanks to you coming back. And so 
I appreciate that. It's a big, big factor in how we see, you know, our people willing to make the sacrifices. Is it from a value proposition? Is there a value here that brings you to be here in spite of the sacrifices that it takes and the imperfections that we have? So that's been a big blessing as well. We heard a lot of feedback in a number of different areas. One of them, practical things, the advisor group. Uh, how can we improve that? We've strengthened that in a number of different ways. I'll touch on a couple of these things, and Freddie and Jason will talk more about it. But the advisor groups have been a group of uh, students from the same grade, same sex, and for the year with the same teacher. We've mixed it up, so we've put uh, senior ninth through 12th graders together, for example, and just having an opportunity for seniors to have some leadership development in that context and have something different than just a group of peers together, together every time. Practical things like that uh, set the stage for other sorts of conversations as we think about how we can equip students to interact with each other in ways that do have training effects as well. How do seniors treat younger people? Well, setting up opportunities for that. That happens naturally in fine arts and athletics but now in the advisor group as well, just one practical area. Heard a lot of feedback about athletics, middle school athletics particularly, looking for ways to have consistency in the philosophy of athletics. What are we trying to accomplish? Not everyone's an athlete, you don't have to be an athlete to be here, but, require, but we require participation. And so what is it that we can do to strengthen the delivery of the experience that's positive for those who are really excelling, but positive for those who need to be in a developmental process of getting better and having a good experience whether they're the starter or not. And so we've looked at uh, coaching the coaches, looked at leadership from the coach, the head coach on down through the program. Some really uh, tremendous involvement there at the head coach level to see the coach taking responsibility. Basketball is an example, responsibility from the varsity all the way down to sixth grade. Buddy Alexander taking a role specifically in coaching and developing a philosophy throughout the middle school coaching. So addressing those questions, having people engage in the process of articulating what is it that we're after here, and then how do we deliver that. So looking to have a positive experience while helping kids understand not everyone gets the trophy or not everyone is going to be the starter, but the experience ought to be one that helps the student grow in their abilities and in their understanding of playing a role that contributes to the success of the team. So those are practical things uh, that we've looked at as well. Just a lot of other details, Sabbath day, you know, why are we taking a day off in the middle of school? Well, we're not doing that anymore, you know, just practical things. Uh, this wasn't on the survey, but registration day, we saw that was not, had a lot of bottlenecks. I don't know if you felt like there was a bottleneck or two, but uh, we're shifting up the registration day process, looking at how can we do that better in a way that sets the stage for just an easy transition into the start of the school. But again, the most important thing I want you to hear is that we want your input. We're looking to continue to get better, and we've taken advantage of the wealth of information that you've given us, uh, talking about how we can be effective in our structures, in our leadership, and in the programs that set the stage for a, a successful delivery of the mission. I'm going to ask Freddie and Jason to come up. Freddie Scott and Jason Matthews are a team uh, that we've titled Community Engagement. And this is a practical effort on our part to have an intentional reach into our community to develop conversations, to set the stage for opportunities to interact, 
on a personal level, if you have a question or concern, but also corporately setting opportunities for us to have uh, interactions in a constructive way. It's been really helpful at the faculty level. It's been helpful for us with students and what we're doing in terms of connecting uh, Christian life and the advisor groups and the experiences we're having in professional development. Uh, and we're just grateful for both of them and how they uh, continue to lead us in that way. From a standpoint of community engagement, I've asked them to talk a little further about the survey. They'll, there are some slides and they'll touch on a couple of the things I've said already. But uh, grateful for you and the feedback, grateful for the opportunities we have to continue to develop an experience here that lives up to the promise that you signed up for when you signed up to be a part of Brentwood Academy. So thanks for being here. And let me introduce Jason Matthews and Freddie Scott. Please give a warm BA welcome. Thank you. Um, well, real, real quick, quick. Uh, Freddie Scott's a pastor, and I've heard never give a mic to a pastor if you want to get it back, so I'm going to start with it. <laughs> if you see him grab it, he wants the mic, and I'll give it to him quickly. Uh, one quick clarification for Kurt. Uh, I was there with uh, three other colleagues, Andy Bradshaw, uh, Bill Preble, and Jason Powell, uh, at this CESA conference. And we, we had our car broken into while we were eating. Uh, those three lost their computers, and I lost my Lululemon pants. And that's a... <laughs> I'm not sure the school is going to help me with the Lululemon pants, but, but thank God somebody else had a computer. So uh, these are big things. These are big things I want you guys to hear. All right. Well, thank you all for your time today. This is, this is important. We think this is an important part of what we do. Uh, Freddie and I are blessed to be part of the community engagement team. Uh, we've had our department for a couple years now, and I still find that when I talk to people about community engagement, what is community engagement comes up all the time. So we want to spend a little bit of time talking about what we do. We have, we have three main constituents at our school, our department does. We're looking at parents, we're looking at students, and we're looking at faculty members. And what we are doing, what we've found, and what we've uh, had really good success with is instead of waiting for a problem, and instead of waiting for something we should be aware of, someone doing a great, fantastic job, waiting to hear about it, we get to go out and ask. So we are asking a lot of questions. We're going out in the community, whether it is meeting with some of you, some of our students, or some of our faculty members, and just saying, what do we need to be keeping an eye on? And we've had great response back. So you guys may or may not know this, that we do a, a senior survey every year. We don't do it in the middle of school. We do it at the end of school, uh, right before we go on senior trip. And we say, okay, so now you're done with your time at Brentwood Academy. Give us some feedback. And from that feedback, our leadership team meets over the summer, and we say these are some things we can do better. These are some things we're doing really well. Um, and we, obviously, Kurt said this, we've done periodic surveys, but we said this is a great way for us to talk to parents about what they're doing and what you guys are seeing from a Brentwood Academy perspective. Anything you want to add from? Yeah, just, uh, it's really interesting when you start thinking about uh, wanting to engage and have these intentional conversations. Uh, when you see people, first of all, be very authentic and transparent realizing that, listen, we truly want to know what you think and feel and what your experience was. And when those conversations start happening and they start seeing traction 
or they can start seeing that we actually do care about them as an individual or them as a group if we're talking about a group. Just the dialogue and the tone just entirely changes and even their perspective as they reflect on the experience changes. So when they start talking about BA, right, because we had those conversations, just the tone changes that much more because they now believe that they actually have a chance to help make it better for future classes, which is really, really exciting for all of us because that's exactly what we all want to do. Okay, as Kurt said, you know, these are some, some big stats, big number stats. I want you guys to put it in perspective. Um, we had, the, as Kurt said, we had 43% of our parents respond. So if you look at that big picture-wise, we have roughly 560 families here at Brentwood Academy. Now we have 756 students, but we have 560 families. So we're looking at about 250 families that responded. So as we're getting those, and again, I want to echo what Kurt said, we all, all read the, uh, all the leadership team read the surveys, read them countless times, and each individual answer tells a different story. But I want you guys to understand this big picture thing that we're doing today does not take each individual answer. So if someone said, oh, that Freddie Scott drives me crazy, but, <laughs> but we're, that was the only Freddie Scott answer we got that drove us crazy. We're not talking about that. So if, we, if you think about it, of the 250 people, um, of four, the 43% the that responded, if just 10% of that was the 225 people, we rarely had anything pushing 12 people that said the same thing. So we're talking about less than 5% of the population. Those are the types of, of um, modes that we're looking at here that says that we are, we're going to bring up today. So again, so if you just think you got uh, 10 or 12 of your friends to say, Freddie Scott, I'll keep using him as a joke. Freddie Scott is a great pastor at our school then that would, that would be brought up today. So that's the first thing. The second thing, I think it's a big deal. We, we survey our students, seniors every year. We're, gonna, we're committed to surveying you guys each year. And again, a lot of, a lot of schools, we just got back from CESA, a lot of schools were saying, oh, you got to be careful when you ask questions because you might not like the answer you're going to get. I think it's a big deal for us to say, okay, we may not like the answer we're going to get, but we're committed to getting this better and to fixing things. But I don't want you all to think this was negative by any means. We got a lot of positive things that we're going to go over here shortly. And then the last thing, I want to make sure you guys understand the net promoter score. This is a very common practice used in all different surveys. So anyway, we'll go. Uh, anything? Yeah. Um, from a biblical perspective, do you remember the time where Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? Right. And if you notice, everyone failed that test. Except for, of course, Peter, right? And so why do you ask the question? Well, Jesus asked the question. He did a survey. Who are how do people see me? Is the mission coming across? Uh, do they see me as just a great teacher or prophet? Or, or do they understand the magnitude of my role and my assignment and my mission? So the question didn't change the mission. The question didn't even really have an impact about what he was going to do, per se, because he was going to obey God. But it was also a way for him to connect with those disciples, the people that were supposed to be strategically aligned with the mission. Are you connected with me? And so it's a great opportunity just to get a lay of the land to sort of 
reconnect and realign mission and vision to make sure that what we are doing, we're doing to the glory of God. Okay, so let's start with the strengths. What do we do really well? As a, as a parent body, you guys said, number one, we feel like that our students are challenged academically. You feel like as you are uh, partnering with us, whether it's middle school or upper school, it was fairly consistent. We felt like you thought your child was being challenged academically. Secondly, we felt, you guys felt like the faculty cares about its students. So again, if you just look at those first two things and you go to our mission statement, it's nurture and challenge each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. So it seems like from at least your perspective, you're feeling challenged. Now, certainly we, feel we, we got the one-offs that said, hey, this teacher doesn't do this, or certainly got this one coach doesn't do this. But I think this is an important part. And again, you guys, as much as, as, much as you guys love our robotics program or you love our, our volleyball team or you love our plays that we put on, you guys want us to be, the ed- partnering with you guys is educating your, your sons and daughters. So this is important to us. Number three, I think, is, is a conscious effort by us as a school to say we want to clearly articulate our mission. And again, this is, this is one of the, the uh, banners of success if you look at CESA schools that are out there saying, what are we doing as a school and are we declaring it at the start so all of our families know it? All of our students know what our mission is. Um, Obviously, I wear dual hats from an admission director standpoint. Every family that comes in, and I know I've sat with a lot of y'all, we articulate that mission, and we are very clear about what we do. Um, Number three, the quality of our faculty is excellent. And again, I think this 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 doesn't just happen. Again, I hate referring to CESA constantly over and over, but it's good to meet with your peer schools and realize that they're having a hard time getting faculty members in. We had a lot of good faculty members leave last year. A lot of big, important subjects have come in, even over the last couple years. And you guys look at someone like, um, you know, I'll look at the the Chuck Reeds of the world. If anybody has Chuck Reed, just stepping in after, you know, someone like a Paul Battaglia, who was just a crowd favorite, who ended up leaving, going back to his home state. And we had to find somebody to fill in, and he's just done a great job. And there are countless stories of that over and over and over. So for us, this is important from the, the foundation of what we have from a faculty. You're good? Also, the, the second part of our strengths, the atmosphere is seen as a caring and positive. And again, I think, I think when uh, at least um, I see Jenny Creighton back over here, I work over in the middle school with Jenny Creighton. It is, it is important for us as we, anybody that walks into that middle school, to know that we are caring about each child. There are constantly names being called. When, you get, when we're given tours from, a, from an admission standpoint, we want our families that are coming here to know that we know our students. So that is important to us. Now, understand that caring and positive is not all we are. Again, the challenging part is sometimes often missed, but the caring and positivity are important. Security. This was, this was a surprise, really, to me when I saw that. Um, you guys, security on campus, obviously we knew it was a big deal for parents, but you guys feel like this is a very secure campus, and it is. Um, unfortunately, from, we tell, our, we tell our, our tours this all the time. Um, from after Sandy Hook and uh, the other unfortunate school incidents, uh, we took a, a stance at this school that we are going to have a, 
a presence here on campus that's going to offer security to our, our students. Um, it is not a wide known who has, who's in charge of that security, but Officer Beto's in charge of it. But who is part of that security team? Our students have no idea who that is, but we are trained. I can, I can assure you, even coming up in the next couple of weeks, they're going to have training here on campus. It is an important piece that you guys need to know that your campus is secure. Used to, uh, Jason Beto would tell us Brentwood PD was three minutes down the road, and now they moved over to by uh, Concord. But again, we do not take this lightly. You guys are partnering with us, and y'all turn your children over to us, and we want to make sure they're secure. So thank you guys for recognizing that one. That one is a little bit, um, a little bit of a surprise to me. The admission team, and again, not I hate talking about it, but it it, it received a really high mark. You guys felt like your admission process, and again, Kurt talked about the 193 people that came in. Obviously, they were not on this survey. These are your words that you guys came in, and some of that was six years ago. Um, we want to make sure the admission process does articulate the mission. It's fairly uh, effortless to, to put you through there, and then at the end of the day, we want to make sure you feel like you're valued, known, and appreciated. So that's an important part of us. College counseling received very, very high marks. If you guys have had graduates, you understand why. Uh, at the time, it was the two ladies, Courtney and Shelly, that are getting these, but we've, we've since lost Courtney, and we've added Brian Beckley to us. Uh, we've got a great college counseling program, and again, do not take it for granted. It, it, these, they are wonderful. They will walk with you every step of the way as we're going through the process. And I will tell you from whether it's recommendations or whether it's scholarships or whether it's just talking what kind of school do I need, they do a wonderful job. So I know some of you are not at the age yet, but just know it's coming up. Uh, it's coming in the future. So, uh, And then finally, from a strength perspective, performing arts received very, very, very high marks. And again, that's such a wide spectrum of what we have of offerings. Um, but in general, our fine arts program received very, very, very high marks. Just one yep. quick note on the atmosphere of caring and positive. That was, obviously we have amazing faculty and amazing team that's here. But also you may not know that uh, during our professional development this year, we actually brought in uh, the head uh, clinician from the NFL to do a uh, professional development for all of us on mental health awareness. Uh, coming out of COVID, just the numbers skyrocketed for our children in, in that population with anxiety and depression and all those, all those things to give us practical tools and how can you intentionally just engage and have helpful conversations to help them if they go through something. And it, obviously we all go through stuff from time to time. Well, how do I know that? How do I know how to have those conversations? So giving us some additional tools in our toolbox to make sure that we can live out this mission of loving and nurturing and caring but sometimes we just needed that extra bit of information just to help us to even be much more equipped to help the students with what they're dealing with today. And so that's something that we really took a lot of intentionality with in, in spending some time doing this summer. All right, we'll get to considerations now. And again, we, uh, the word is, is really intentional, considerations of what it is, because this may be five people, maybe 10 people, maybe seven people. So we wanna make sure we, we clearly articulate that to you guys, but we saw a need to look at and address, and I hope on most of these you can see where we've already addressed a lot of them. Kurt mentioned the advisory program. Um, you guys have been through Brentwood Academy. You probably had some really great advisors. You probably have had some 
maybe average advisors. Uh, this is a, we all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses from a, from a personal standpoint, and that is a, a big important part of our child's educational time here at Brentwood Academy. So again, for those who do not know, and, and forgive me because I know most of you do know it, but it's the only single sex thing we do here at Brentwood Academy. So Jason Matthews has 10 eighth grade boy advisees. So I meet with them weekly. Um, um, other, other teachers have senior advisors or whatever it is. The girls meet with the girls, the boys meet with the boys. And during that time, it is a kind of a relaxing time. I was, I was talking to one of the parents today about the snacks. I mean, it's just like, a, it's unbelievable how much money you guys spend on snacks. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But from a snacks perspective, it is a time for them. It's, it's for the middle school, I mean, for both of it's right after first block. They're all tensed up. They come in there, and it's just a time to relax. I had my advisory in my office the other day, and I just left a meeting with Kurt. He walked out, and he forgot something. And when he came back in, our kids were dropping elbows on each other, running around, jumping, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get fired. But <laughs> <clears throat> this is where the kids, especially the boys, can kind of relax and unwind. We do spend time talking about grades. Uh, obviously, if there's a discipline issue, we spend time at that point. But we talk about um, progressing them, talking about subjects, whether Alyssa or Freddie's made a video for us to talk about mental health. Uh, we do chapels in middle school in there um, from advisory. So it's an important part of what we do. We did recognize, or y'all recognize, that there were issues with that, and we needed to find ways to find um, better connections. Some of y'all had some bad experiences from an advisory program. So what Alyssa and Freddie have both done this year is we've decided, as Kurt said, we've decided to not only have just, so let me, let me clarify, middle school is staying the exact same. I still have just eighth grade advisors, advisees. That's all I have. If you're in the high school, though, not only do you have a couple senior advisees, but you have a couple junior couple sophomore and a couple freshmen that will all be part of your advisory program. And the hope is that over the next four years, those kids will graduate up to the, from being freshmen to sophomores and obviously be more leaders, uh, show more leadership capabilities in that advisory. On top of all that, we have, I don't know what you'll call them, like family, family groups. So if I have a senior, if I have an a, a upper school advisory and Jason Powell has an upper school advisory, Occasionally, and I think today's the first day, right? Second. second day. I think today's the second day that the two families will meet. So Jason's eight kids and my eight kids, boys, will get together, and we will have a joint advisory. So if Jason Matthews is the worst advisor of all time, at least occasionally they will get to see Jason Powell <laughs> and realize how good I am because he's worse. Um, Always trying to cover our tracks here. Um, but anyway, it is, I, I, we're, we're two months into it. I don't know if the kids are liking it. I would love your feedback at some point, whether it's, it's doing, if we're doing a great job or we're not. But again, this is something that we are not scared to change. We want to change, and we want to make sure it's for the better. Second thing we have, oh, go ahead. One yeah, thing, um, with this shift, there's a, a few other shifts that have happened concurrently with this. So our chapels now have worship and incorporate it within it. And so what, what's happened organically, or I don't think it's organic, God's been sort of strategically doing some cool things, but in addition to having the worship, the seniors just started having these conversations about wanting to 
be the example and in in worship and when they're in chapel and then we also have senior testimonies and we so we had Sadie Gower share her testimony and the seniors started saying oh my goodness that was so amazing and so we, the senior class has a Christian dynamics class so every senior is in a class and they're all starting to talk about their faith and in the class Matt Brown and Linus Winters starting to have these conversations well can you share and articulate your story. And so they're all starting to process their story in the light of God's story for them. And then they're trying to use that in their advisory groups. How can you encourage your advisory group by sharing your testimony and helping them be confident in what God's doing in their life? And so it's a really cool web of because we have a senior course in Christian Dynamics, because we have the advisories now switched up, now these seniors are having multiple opportunities to not only understand God's message for their life and be able to articulate that, whether or not they want to do that in a testimony service, or if they want to be able to do that in, in the advisory groups with their peers in a small group, it, it's really cool to see them start to come out of that shell and see that these younger kids are looking up to them and they're starting to want to step into that new space, which is a really, really cool thing to see. Okay, the second thing we saw that you guys were looking for opportunities was access to leadership. And whoever that was, whether it was specifically Kurt or to get in front of Andy and Jenny and from an academic perspective or even Freddie from a Christian life perspective, you guys wanted to be in front of them and you guys wanted some updates on what's going on, which is what this is today. We're hopeful that this is important uh, as we'll, we'll give you some, some ideas of what we're doing later, but we're having four of these, one basically each quarter. I know the quarter just ended, but we're having one each quarter. So this one will be about the state of BA in the survey. Uh, the next one is next month. <clears throat> we'll have Andy and, and Jenny and Josh. I know Josh was here earlier, but oh, there you are, Josh. Josh Davis, you guys will be able to meet him and hear a little bit about our academics and what we're doing, what we're looking forward to in the future, and all that as well. So, um, and t we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the lunches we're having as well. Uh, middle school athletics. It, it, we're being honest, it got hit pretty hard. And again, it got hit pretty hard from two different angles. Uh, number one, of saying my, my experience was not great in a certain sport. What are, what are we doing for this? Um, the other one was from cuts. Why are we doing cuts? Uh, this is middle school. Um, so again, quickly to address the latter first, we, the, the, one of the biggest, easiest reasons or the easiest answers for the cut piece is just resources. Again, if you think about, we are blessed to have, I guess, four and a half gyms here. We have great facilities, unbelievable facilities. But we have a, a sixth grade boys basketball team we have a middle school uh, um, JV and varsity basketball team, boys basketball team. We have a freshman basketball team. We have a JV high school and a varsity high school. That's six boys team. If you flip that, that's 12 boys and girls basketball team to have gym practice. So if you had a, well, like other schools, we had an ABC sixth grade team or every other ones, we would just run out of resources. We'd run out of co uh, coaches. The other piece of that I think is vital. I think it's harder for parents to hear, and I think me speaking as a parent is hard to hear. Sometimes it's good for Johnny to realize he's not a basketball player. And that's hard. And I don't, I don't say that with any joy or anything, and I don't say our coaches enjoy that, but that conversation, that walking through that hard time 
is so valuable because number one, I can tell you countless stories of where Johnny didn't play basketball and decided to go run cross country and Johnny became a very successful cross country runner. But I also think if Johnny sits on that team and there's 12 people on that team and we're only playing eight people, Johnny and John, and more, not more importantly, but in this room, more importantly, Johnny's parents are going to be sitting there stewing in the stands, which is what I would be doing if I was a parent. So I think co cuts right now, what we decide to do as a school, it doesn't mean that we're always going to do it. It just means right now this is where we are. From an from a institutional standpoint of us saying we're going to look at middle school athletics slightly different than upper school athletics, we're going to have a different family update later in the year from an athletic standpoint. We'll get into more details. But again, the mission in middle, uh, middle school may be, it is different than it is in high school. So high school, we're going we're gonna to go out there and we're going to try to win. We're not going to win at all costs, but we're going to win. And if little Johnny doesn't play, I hate it, but we're going to try to win. If we can get Johnny in the game, great. In middle school, we really want to take the, the attitude of let's develop and let's know your child. That's important. So if you have stud daughter that's trying to win every game and we take her out and put in somebody that's just developing, that's hard for parents to hear sometimes. Is it not important to us? It is important to us, but we want to develop and know your child. So Jenny Creighton has set down a, that's what, that's what her goal is for our middle school athletics. Buddy Alexander this year, for the first time, we met separately with middle school coaches and we talked about what their goals were differently. This is a moving, not a moving target, but it is a, a transformation of what we're trying to do. So this is a process. I hope you guys are patient with this, but we recognize that middle school athletics are different than high school athletics. Student academic support. Very much a change of every school, not just Brentwood Academy. Um, from an admission standpoint, let me, let me be very clear. Brentwood Academy standards have not changed and are not changing. This is who we are. Our test scores have not, we've not relaxed our test scores. We have not said we're going to let people in that just play football. That has not happened, and I know that's been the thought from Brentwood Academy for years. We have our standardized uh, process for admitting people, and we have not changed that. That being said, your generation of parents test a heck of a lot more than our generation of parents. And we're getting a lot of kids with a lot more testing, a lot more uh, accommodations that are need, needed. So we as a school have to adapt. So we've looked at that, and one of the things we've done on top of that is, is we've hired three more full-time student academic support members. Um, that, that are helping Doc Rock. And again, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some mention or at least some piece of that when we get to the academic piece. But they are full-time helping our students navigate their time at Brentwood Academy. Again, it's challenging to come to Brentwood Academy. I throw COVID in on top of that, and there's some kids that are, some, that are, are behind that come from some different schools that have not been in school for a year, a year and a half. So again, we have not, we have not altered our standards. We have no intention of altering our standards but we do have some intentions of helping supplement those students as they're going through the process. And then finally, discipline. You know, this is, this is always a tricky one because uh, some families put in the survey that, you know, we're just, we're just really rigid. We're just, this is, we're worried about this or we're worried about that, shirt tails or whatever it is. I, he's going to hate that I'm even talking to him because he's sitting over there right now. But Dan Wilkerson has done a phenomenal job at this school. He's got a, the unenviable task of, of governing <laughs> our school. And it's not his. It's our task. But he gets to be the one that walks around and says, Jason, your shirt tail's untucked. 
I want y'all to hear me say this. There's not a man that, that wrestles with the harshness of or the difficulties of discipline more than Dan Wilkerson. If you have not sat down and talked with him, he's a wonderful follower of Christ and he is a good man. So I, want, I publicly want to tell y'all that. But I will tell y'all, discipline is important to him as well as it is to our school. He is not doing one thing that we have not asked him as a school to do. So I will tell you, if he's done something, he's, he's the first one to apologize or make him, uh, if he makes a mistake. But he is in your child's corner as much as anybody. So I want y'all to hear that. And, and obviously there's one-offs that we can talk about um, from a standpoint, but <clears throat> Dan Wilkerson is not rogue. He's not looking saying, hey, Kurt wants to do that. I'm going to go, hey, check your shirt tail. You too. Get it. That's, that's not what he's doing. By the time your child gets a shirt tail hour, he's pro he or she is probably, it's he, has been warned <laughs> multiple, multiple times ahead of time. And, that, and again, I don't, I don't want to sound offensive on this, but I do want us to say there are people from a discipline standpoint that say, why are we disciplined so much? And there are people from a discipline standpoint that say, why aren't we disciplined more? So it's a very difficult balancing act, and I just want to publicly say I'm appreciative of him and what he does. He does a, it's a really hard job, so I appreciate that. Freddie, I'm going to one more opportunity before you yeah, jump just in. Really quick, that job is probably one of the hardest jobs, obviously. Um, I will say, um, when you hear things or see things, please assume the positive. I'll just let that sit right there. Because probably every time there's probably more information that, that Dan knows that we're not going to disclose because we're still nurturing and challenging each student, even the student that's in the discipline situation. So think of it this way. Has anybody here ever sinned? Oh, so, oh, cool. <laughs> Aren't we glad that God doesn't put us on the shame show and blast all our business to the community of what you did? In fact, Jesus, remember, he scribbled in the sand. He's that's without sin. Do what? Oh, what if the community modeled Jesus in discipline when we know they were wrong? See, I'm a pastor. I can go there. <laughs> Amen? Especially us as parents, how we navigate this allows that person to know how loved they are. Because God still has a plan for them. And it could be a crossroad for some of them. They can either see the love of Jesus in the midst of whatever, or they can feel like I'm judged, I'm flawed, I'm sinful, there's no hope for me, I might as well go that other way. So let's extend grace when we can. Agree? Okay. That reminds me, uh, Dean Wilkerson wants to talk to you about your son after this. I don't know. No. Um, 
Okay, opportunities, Christian life. I'm going to I'm going to leave that to Freddie. Talk. I think he's talked a little bit about chapel, but I want him to talk a little bit about classes and that. <clears throat> Forward and faith, you guys have seen the vision that's on the the walls at the school. I think this is going to be a great opportunity for us as a school to offer different programs, different opportunities for us, uh, different subjects, different hands-on activities that we can do. Um, schedule. If you guys have not heard, we're looking at the possibility of what imagining what can the schedule look like we're all stuck in the block schedule now but what if it changed what if we had a different opera what if we had different times to start school what if we had different finishing time what if we added whatever different different program so i think we're in the process it's not it's not kurt masters is in there trying to develop a schedule our teachers and again i won't get into the details i'll wait till next month but but Andy has, has challenged our teachers to go out and say, come up with different schedules. So our teachers have kind of developed three different proposals for schedules. And a lot of them are really different. So that's going to be a mix-up. So we're going to talk about that. and Obviously, more details will come on that. But again, the purpose of it is, is to offer different things. And again, we'll wait till the academic meeting to get to that one. Uh, student leadership, uh, again, if you guys just experienced homecoming, that theme was picked by our student leadership team. They did a great job, a wonderful job of setting that up along with Dana Adkins and, and the rest of the group. But again, we're trying to give our students more opportunities to step out in front. Uh, some of your children are student ambassadors. That is our external face that we look at. So every family that comes in, our student ambassadors are out there helping them. They're going to be the first face. That doesn't just come with, hey, sign up and go, which it used to be in the long um, five years ago. Now they're going through training. Now they're going through uh, details. We're giving them um, things to look for. There's follow-up. There's officials. There's elected officials and all that stuff. So leadership opportunities, we've heard that you guys are looking for more of that, and we're offering those as well. And I already went over student academic support. Freddie, you want to hit the Christian life real quick, the big details? Yeah, just overarching, we are focusing on making sure students have an experience with God, that, you know, that chapel uh, the vision of that each week is, hey, this is just that carve-out time where you can just shut the world off, and for this next 20, 25 minutes, you get a chance just to be with you and your daddy. And, and for some, that's like, who? And for others, it's like, yes. And so having intentional time of just worship and, and just in, in experiencing the presence of God, experiencing God through his word, and then experiencing God through each other. So just we've been very intentional. We have an amazing team working with JD in the middle school and an amazing uh, Christian Life Department team up here in the upper school and working with how do we do biblical integration in courses and how do we experience God in a variety of different ways. It's really exciting to be able to see uh, and build upon the foundation that Ryan's done here for so long that's made it easy to transition into some of these pieces because there's such a strong biblical foundation here. And so it's made it fun, it's made it exciting, and the students, I can tell, are starting to even grow and, and thrive even more. We have a live worship band because we did, we played a video in the chapel, or I call it the chapel, it's the theater, um, in the theater for our worship, and they're like, man, it would be cool if we had live music. And I say, yeah, that would be cool. And they literally, within a couple weeks, had a full band and had live worship in the theater. And, and I didn't ask them. It was just something that they wanted to do. And so to be able to see students, again, student development, students stepping into things that God's calling them to do and developing those gifts are all things that we're excited about. 
Okay, and finally, I uh, just wanted to just um, finish with a couple, I guess, bigger picture things, is our statement of faith and diversity. Again, I think it's important, one and two, um, these, these, along with our mission statement of faith, diversity statement, and mission statement, they're, they're posted in every door. We go over them with every student as they come in and quickly, not, not to get into the details of it again, but diversity statement. Uh, we believe that all people have immeasurable worth in his eyes. We are looking at that. That's, that's, our, that's our cornerstone. That's what we're saying. Our statement of faith that says that we uh, believe the Bible, the Word of God, that we are all flawed, we're in need of a Savior, and that Jesus Christ is that Savior and the continued work of the Holy Spirit. We are hitting that. But what's important besides us as a faculty that are all in alignment of that is that we're not a covenant school. So as I'm looking at some of the families in here, some of you, some of your children may not know or want to know who Jesus Christ is right now. It makes for a unique conversation for us when we're in the classrooms, when we're in the advisory, of what an opportunity. Again, there's a great public school right down the road. Wonderful public school. They don't have the blessing of being able to say the name Jesus Christ in the school. So of all the, of all the things we can fix and all the things we can hope to as a, as a school, what a blessing it is that we can say Jesus Christ and we can start with prayer and all that. So last two things before I turn it back to Kurt. Uh, I want you guys to um, know that this is one of four family meetings. The next one is in November. It'll be the academic meeting. After that, we'll have one with Christian Life and J.D. Binger. And then after that, Linus Wynn will be on that one as well. If you haven't met Linus, he's a wonderful addition to our school. After that, we'll do the athletic meeting with Cody White, uh, Buddy Alexander, and we'll have all of us as well. It is our hope that, number one, just to keep you updated on what's going on. Uh, we're all, you can look behind, we've got a big chunk of the leadership team here. We're all willing to talk to you guys if you all have specific questions. We've all read the, the uh, surveys. We just want you guys to, to know that we are hearing and we are valuing you guys. It's important to us. So, uh, And then the last thing, we're starting a series. If you've, you haven't received an email about this, don't, don't worry about it. We're having a couple of lunch series with Kurt. Um, and, and there, there is no agenda. We're going to sit down, we're going to sit with Kurt, and we're just going to talk. Um, we're going to cap those out at Kurt's request because we want, we want him to be small and intentional so that he can have conversations instead of having it with 100 people. Let's have it with 12 people and say what's going on. We're starting with the senior class, so only the senior parents have, have received an email about that. But as we move throughout the year, they will be in your appropriate class. So anyway... I'm going to turn it back over to Kurt, but thank you for your time. Um, I actually wanted to go about four hours, but I was cut down to one. So I appreciate y'all's attentiveness. Kurt Masters. <laughs> Thanks, Jason and Freddie. You know, we start with the mission statement. And just to wrap up, in terms of the big picture, the core values of a school uh, that drive the decisions that we make, that shape the people that are hired, that shape the message that we invite people to be a part of, uh, continue to be one of the most significant areas where we're looking to establish firm foundations, but also guardrails and protection for the future. Mission drift is a common thing. A mission of an organization changes over time due to cultural pressures or changes from within the organization more often than not. And we have worked hard at the board level and at senior staff level and throughout the faculty to be really clear about the core values that we have. That statement of faith point by point 
addresses some biblical perspectives, the authority of Scripture and what we believe about ourselves. And then we address some cultural issues because what we see, and as we were at this conference just hearing the stories about the culture is moving and its direction is away from God. You know, there's none righteous, no, not one. And the, the, the path that we're all in, absent a relationship with Christ, is that we're in rebellion against God. And the culture demonstrates that really significantly. And there's pressure on schools to conform to the culture. If you don't have anchor points, a reason for having an answer to the questions that really matter, you'll follow the pressure of the culture. We see that playing out in our community, other schools that haven't clearly defined certain key elements of what life is or how we interpret uh, something as simple as what's a boy and what's a girl and so on. Uh, the school has made an effort as a community from the leadership of the board on down to say we want to be clear about what we believe the Bible teaches and where there's cultural pressure to yield or conform, we want to anchor ourselves clearly and then proclaim that, not picking a fight, but just really be clear. We're not going to yield to the pressure of the culture. Uh, that's really a challenge when we're not a covenant school. You don't have to believe what we believe to be here. but. It does shape our decision. We're continuing to look at that. Uh, you don't deal with issues like this every day, but the legal pressures from a cultural standpoint are high. The college board and their uh, best practices, which then turn into expectations of membership. The college board is the group where it allows us to do the testing here on campus for AP exams and so on. Uh, from a standpoint of our associations, our accreditations, uh, the pressure to conform to First, it's just best practices, then it's expectations uh, couched in language that, that sounds so sensible, affirmation, tolerance, and so on. But what it means is yielding the biblical anchor points that we believe lead to a flourishing life and obedience to God. So those are things we're grappling with. On a legal front, uh, you should just, you don't have to be concerned about this, but uh, if you're interested, pay attention to the court decisions about on both the East Coast and California, federal district courts that ruled on Title IX issues that you're a state actor, meaning you're responsible for following the, the federal guidelines. Uh, you're a state actor if your tax-exempt status is in place. So think about that. They were ruled the, the protections that are typically allowed for independent or private schools or companies that aren't government money uh, they're not compelled to the protections that the government has to do. So the government cannot compel uh, religion, can't be involved in the establishment of religion. Uh, and so the schools that are, that are not taking government money, like Brentwood Academy, are free from those restrictions or, or guidelines. But district courts, federal courts, have said in both the East and West Coast decisions recently that if you take tax-exempt status, that's federal money. In other words, your money is the government's unless they let you keep it. So that's a philosophy of its own, but I won't, get into, I won't get into too much of that. You just need to be aware. Those decisions are being fought at the, at the legal level, appealed. Uh, Association of Christian Schools International is appealing. Our schools have been involved in writing uh, Friends of the Court briefs and the National Independent School Association is, is also joining on that. But you just need to be praying for uh, the pressures, cultural, legal, political, on conforming. And it's just a, a practical landscape that many of our schools are in. We're blessed in Tennessee that 
We have support of some government positions that say there should be the freedom uh, to express your faith or to uh, have certain protections for boys and girls sports, for example, and those kind of things. But uh, that's not universal, and it's not guaranteed for the future either. So just be praying about that for wisdom. And then as we think about how to engage in those things, how much... Uh, each individual school should get involved. It's easy to step back and think it's somebody else's problem, but when a federal decision is handed down, that's now court precedent. And so how do we, you know, how do we step in early enough to make a difference? So be praying for that. As we look at the school and the mission of the school, early on I, I want to say to incoming families this year and to keep saying to those of you that are here, if God's brought your children here for a reason, God's got you here for a reason as well. And some of that's for the support and encouragement you're going to get and your kids are going to get. But some of that's because you're uniquely positioned to handle, in the middle of all of the flaws and the messiness of life, to be able to contribute something unique to the life of somebody who's next to you, somebody who's engaging in real-life circumstances in the world as it is. So just want to invite you, you know, I was sharing at this conference, another great day at BA, you know, but, but the underpinning of that is the confidence that God's at work in what's going on, the hard stuff too, the failures, the things we do imperfectly that have an impact on kids, the things that they're doing imperfectly, uh, and to be able to respond with grace and humor for each other, and to be encouraging and trusting that God, in the middle of the things our kids are struggling with or that we're struggling with, God continues to work. And then we have a choice about how we respond. On my faculty evaluation scale, there's a determined optimism check, you know. Are we responding with hopefulness? Hopefulness and helplessness are learned behaviors. And I just invite you to model that with each other, to remind each other that God's got something big going on in the middle of the stuff. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Brentwood Academy podcast. We're back next month with the second topic in the BA Family Update series, Academics. You'll hear from our new Dean of Academics, Josh Davis, along with Upper School Director Andy Bradshaw, Middle School Director Jenny Creighton, and more. 